Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Well, hey there. Thank you for joining me for episode 99 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 99. You know, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I'm all for efficiency and I am all for tools and systems that help us become more efficient. The problem is that it's too easy, especially today, to get caught up in the efficiency game and lose sight of the end goal. And the end goal is simple. The end goal for most of us is to get better clients, higher fees, and more rewarding work, right? And in a world that's filled with you know, apps and tools and plugins and tricks and hacks, those are great, but it's too easy to make that the goal <laughs> and lose sight of what's really important, which is to improve where we are, improve our businesses, do better for ourselves so that we have a business that's in alignment with with our values and with what we want to get out of life. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't want to become more efficient at getting crappy results. I want to get more efficient on or at working on what really matters. And my guest today is going to touch on this. Um, his name is Kai Davis. He's uh, one, of, uh, one of my colleagues here in the business development coaching community. He's a great guy, wicked smart. He works with freelancers and consultants. And what I like about Kai is that he strikes the right balance between efficiency and effectiveness in his client intake process. And in this interview, He's going to share with you his step-by-step -step system for managing prospects in a way that saves time and yields better quality uh, leads and prospects that turn to clients. So he's going to explain what he does to automate the pieces that could easily be automated, yet don't make you sound like a robot, that don't take the human element away. Instead, what they do is they make it easy for you and make it easy for your prospect to kind of enter that top of the funnel. And then those who are qualified and who are a good fit, the closer they are to becoming a client, the more interaction they get from you, the more personalized uh, interaction and, and, and contact they have. So it's a very smart approach. He's going to give you lots of very specific advice, going to share a lot of different tools with you. We have them all in the show notes. So I encourage you to go there. If you're somewhere that, you know, you're not close to a notebook, you can't take this down. Don't worry. I've documented all this. It's in the show notes at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 99. So with that, let's get to that interview. Hi, welcome to the show. So great to have you here, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Super, super. Hey, before we get to the meet, so one of the first things, or really the first thing I ask every guest is to tell us about yourself. You know, what kind of work do you do? What types of clients do you work with? Where do you live? What's your favorite food? 
So give, Ab- give us a glimpse into Kai Davis. Absolutely. Favorite food is uh, Pad Sayu from uh, uh, Tasty Thai. Uh, I, I love Pad Thai and I love Pad Sayu. Uh, I live in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, I'm a native Oregonian, went to the University of Oregon. And uh, in terms of the type of work I do, it's split right now in two areas. The first area is I work as an outreach consultant, which basically means I handle promotional activities, digital promotional activities for my clients. So book... <clears throat> Booking them on podcasts, helping set up joint venture opportunities, uh, getting guest article placements for them, basically any opportunity that helps them expand the reach and depth of their content promotion efforts. Mm-hmm. The second area I work in is I work as a coach for freelancers and consultants. I frame it as business development coaching for freelancers and consultants. So rather than focusing on a specific area of a craft like, hey, how to be a better copywriter, I'm working with people to help teach them how to be a better freelancer or consultant. Maybe it's productizing our offerings or working on pricing or building a lead generation system to bring clients to our front door. Whatever it is, it's to help uh, uh, the people I work with build a better, more stable business. So those are the two different arenas I'm playing in right now. And uh, the audience could read more about that. Uh, The coaching side uh, at uh, kydavis.com. And the outreach and promotional side of things at doubleyouraudience.com. Oh, I love those. Those good domain names. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so you are a big fan of automating business processes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things that, that I'm very attracted to you. Uh, Thank you. Because is, is the fact that you're so good at it. You know, you... You take a very scientific approach to this, um, and I'm I'm curious. Like, have you always been this way? You know, like what got you thinking along those lines? Because you know, you as a solo practitioner, right? You do something very different from most of my audience, but you still have to qualify prospects, right? You still get leads online. People come to you and they send in inquiries. Um, so I'm curious how you made that connection. What got you thinking along the lines of, you know, I need to automate a lot of what I do to be more efficient. Where did that start? There really was sort of an F this moment about two years ago, and it started from proposals. I, uh, I started tracking the amount of time I was spending writing proposals and my close rate on proposals. And I realized I was closing maybe 20 to 25%. So maybe one out of every four or five proposals I wrote. But I, I write a good proposal. I'd put you know six hours into the discovery and the researching in the website and the writing the proposal and the anxiety attack rereading the proposal before I send it and send it out. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm spending one week a month writing proposals for free and not being paid for it, this is crazy. What are the other areas of my business where I'm just spending time that doesn't necessarily need to be spent on these activities? And so I started looking at the different areas of my business and I realized like two of the main areas were writing proposals. And so I eliminated proposal writing for my business to focus on productized consulting and the process by which I was screening different clients, different prospects who came in the door, it used to be a very manual process. Somebody would email me, you know, I'd write a custom email, we'd email back and forth three or four times, uh, get on the phone for an hour long conversation. And I'd be spending hours manually doing all of this to get to the point where I figure out if they're a good fit for me. And I finally realized, well, hey, I'm, I'm spending this time on what really should be an easy automated process. Why do I need to be involved in every step of this? How could I build out a robust system that screens my clients, screens my prospects for me with minimal time invested on my part? 
Uh, that makes perfect sense. Makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. So really, this is a an efficiency issue, right? The time is our most valuable non-renewable resource. Uh, you don't have other staff to help you with this, so how can you become more efficient doing it? Entirely, entirely. Uh, 2015, end of 2015, start of 2016, I started looking at my life and saying, like, I enjoy my life a lot, but I really want to work less. I want to spend more time on like my hobbies, on playing. I, I play jazz piano. I'm actively dating in Eugene. I love uh, bike riding around town. How can I still work with the clients I love working with? Like, I could always fire a client and suddenly spend less time working, but instead, how could I? build a better business where I could focus on practicing my craft, doing outreach, working as a coach or a mentor, and not spend as much time on the administrative side of things. And a focus on automation and especially automating client intake really came out of that. So before we get too deeply into this, let's define, just so we're all on the same page, what client intake means. So when you talk client intake, what what are you referring to specifically? Absolutely. So so I think of it as the point from somebody showing up on my website or hearing me on a podcast through uh, that first conversation or even through uh, uh, the first point where we've decided whether we're going to work together or not, whether we're a good fit. So that could be them showing up on my site, applying to work with me, uh, getting some initial qualifying questions, uh, uh, that entire shebang, basically from A through Z, somebody learning about me to somebody deciding or even me deciding whether we're a good fit to help each other improve their business and uh, uh, yeah, that's what I see the client intake funnel or the client intake process as. Everything from they show up when they heard about me to we've had that first phone call and we're now deciding if we're a good match for each other. Makes sense. Now I'm curious, does that also include someone who kind of falls off? Let's say the timing is wrong or the project gets delayed. So cause can I, in my mind, that's still kind of in the funnel, but you're now, mm-hmm. they're kind of in, now in a nurturing stage. So do you still consider that part of the intake process? I definitely do. And that that's a good question. Uh, uh, I do consider that part of the intake process. I use a couple different tools. Uh, one of them is Boomerang for Gmail. The other is Streak for Gmail to set follow-up reminders. So often if somebody like you know shows up, submits an application for it, we'll get into the nuts and bolts of this deeper into the interview. But once we start that conversation, if somebody's like, hey, this sounds great, uh, follow up with me in three months, I don't really want to have to, you know, tie a ribbon around my finger to remember, ah, I got to follow up with Ed in three months. I want it to be automated and out of my hands. I don't want to have to spend that cognitive capacity on it. So I love a tool like Streak CRM, uh, streak.com or Boomerang for Gmail because it could let me just set a reminder and it'll kick that email out of my inbox and I'll say, hey, you know what? In three months, I want to see this email again. It'll bring it back to my inbox and then at the right time and the right place, I'm presented with that opportunity to re-engage with that person and say like, hey, three months ago you said follow up and check in, following up to check in. How's business going? Anything I could do to help? And I've really removed myself from having to think about it or remember it. I used to use uh, the program OmniFocus, a task manager for the Mac really heavily. And I had a big project in there where it was basically follow-up. And one day I looked at it and realized there were 45 different follow-up tasks in there. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm driving myself insane with these. There has to be an easier way. And I realized whenever I made a task to follow up or remind myself to re-engage with a prospect who sort of had fallen off or who had said check back in in a few months, I was adding more work to my plate. But instead, by automating it, by using a tool like Boomerang to just throw that email to the future or the CRM I use Streak to remind me about that email in a few months, 
I didn't need to think about it anymore. I didn't need to make a task or a reminder anymore. I let this piece of software do that remembering for me. I love that. Now, and we'll get more into this because one of the things that I want to touch on is sounds great on paper, but where, uh, how does it impact kind of the humanity of this whole process, right? How does it impact uh, people's uh, ability to connect with you when so much of it is automated? So Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll touch on that, but let, let me just kind of hold off on that because I want to talk about the, the process first. Can you maybe walk us through the intake process at a high level? So what does your process look like? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me step through it and let me know if I get too into the weeds. I, I, I love talking about this, so it's easy for me to dive deep into it. But uh, starting high level, let's say somebody shows up my website and typically I, I practice the productized consulting model. So for my services, I have basically a sales page that describes them, like you'd sell an ebook or a course. It's like, hey, I want to buy, you know, Kai's outreach service. Here's a page that describes what's included, what you get, how much it costs, and here's a form to apply. So, prospect shows up, they know what to expect, they know what the price is ahead of time, and they could say, oh, this sounds interesting. Let me apply here. And I go for really, really simple uh, application forms. I would have them enter first name, email address and maybe website URL or website name. That's it to start the application process. Mm-hmm. From there, you, you could really use any tool for this. I personally use Gravity Forms on WordPress. Uh, from there, it sends me an email. Hey, Kai, somebody applied for your thing. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then it sends them a notification email. And I use a couple mail merges just to you know substitute in their name. So it's like, hey, first name, thanks so much for applying. I'm really excited about the opportunity to work together. I'm a bit selective about who I work with just to make sure I'm always able to help my clients to make sure that we're a good fit. Can you go ahead and answer these few questions? If it sounds like we're a good fit for the next step, we'll schedule a time to talk. So it's an automated email that goes out. Everybody who applies gets a similar email to that. They vary a little bit depending on the service, but it's uh, uh, it's personalized since I'm merging in their name or their business name where I can. And it's just setting that stage for, hey, I'm a bit selective about who I work with. I want to learn more about you. Tell me more about you. Type as my I explicitly say, like, enter as much as you want. Brain dump in this email. The more I know, the better I'll be able to tell if I can help your business. And it invites them to respond. And this is free form, a free form reply. They don't, it's not a link to a, another application. Free form reply just shows up in their email client. Okay. So, so uh, we could dive into the specifics of that email later, but. At that point, they get a chance to respond. If they respond back and I say, oh, hey, seems like a good fit. I, I have an email template prepared. Uh, I use a, another Gmail add-on called Yesware, which is a great tool to track whether people open and read your emails. And it also has a template library, which I, I really, really love. And I have a template saved in there, which is like, oh, wonderful. Uh, thanks so much. Insert first name here. Uh, your answers are great. I really think we could work together. As a next step, let's schedule a time for us to talk. I've posted my calendar online here. Uh, feel free just to pick whatever time works best for you for the meeting. And I, for that, I use a tool called Calendly. And uh, it's a really nifty booking tool for people in the audience who haven't heard of it. Connects with your Google Calendar, lets you specify different type of events. So I have a meeting for a kickoff call of a client. And I have an event type for an initial call of a prospect. And I could just send a link and say, these are the time ranges that are available within Calendly. And to the prospect, they're able to look at my calendar and say, oh, okay, Kai's available. 
Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 1 to 4 p.m. at these times. I'll pick the time that works best for me. So instead of the old song and dance of like, okay, Ed, I'm going to email you three times. You'll say, ah, those don't work for me. Here's three times. And I say, ah, those don't work for me. And three weeks later, we're still debating it. The prospect is just able to say, okay, I could see Kai's calendar online. I could pick the time that works best for me. And the meeting's booked. And yeah, I, I love so, that. I love that too. I, I use Time Trade, which is a similar tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. my coaching clients know this because they have access to my calendar through through Time Trade. And uh, I, I honestly, I prefer Calendly. In fact, we set up this this conversation right uh, using yep. Calendly, your link. But it doesn't link at least last time I checked with iCal, and I still use iCal uh, for yep. a couple of reasons. Time Trade does that, um, so makes perfect sense, right? And it man, I tell you, I'm I'm with you. It saved me so much time with a back and forth. It is so frustrating. And it's not just a back and forth. It's the mental anguish of like, oh, my gosh, let me think. Uh, I got to pick three times to give this guy, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So to recap so far, uh, they they look at your services. They want to inquire. They have to fill out just some basic information, name, email, maybe their URL. Mm-hmm. Um you you have an automated uh, autoresponder that says, great, listen, can you tell me more about your business, something along those lines? Tell me more about what you're mm-hmm. looking for. They respond free form. And then you, of course, evaluate that. And based on what you see there, you send them either, um, in this example you gave us, a yes, I think would be a fit. Uh, let's set up a time to talk. Here's a link to my calendar. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess, and we can talk more about this other path. It's, you know, I don't think I could help you. Um, exactly. So, so you have some templates for for those kind of situations as well. Yep, absolutely. I have a, a what I call a polite thank you, but no thanks. Where I uh, I have two variants of it. One is, hey, you know what? It's so wonderful to hear from you. Uh, I'd love to help you with your business, but I don't think I'm qualified. Here's the name of three other consultants and links to their websites. I think they might be able to help you more. And so I'm able to still provide value and say, like, I I, I just don't think I'm the right person and. I found whenever I say that as a consultant, the prospect, I I can't say is never angry, but is very, very rarely angry to hear that. I'm saying like, I don't think I'm going to be able to help you. Here are some people who can. Good luck. Uh, The other one I use is more of a time-based one where I say, hey, you know what? I don't have any time available right now. Uh, Let's get in touch again in three to six months and see if we'll be a good fit then. Either way, it gives me an opportunity to say, oh, no, we aren't a good fit. We aren't a good match. Or, oh, no, I just don't have the time. Uh, let's, Let's reconnect in a few months and we could reconnect or not. So there's a few polite no's that I could give to decline an opportunity that just doesn't seem like a good fit. Okay. And it sounds like those are templates as well. And you kind of customize them. Uh, but but the bulk of, of the message is already there. So you don't have to type everything from scratch. Entirely. And I think that's the main benefit of templates. Uh, why, like you raised earlier, there's that concern about the humanity involved. Well, I, I try to be really aware of that because I because when we're consultants, when we're when we're do, when we're selling, which is what we're talking about, we want to build a relationship with those prospects. And there's that fine line between this feels really automated and non-human and, oh, I'm getting one-on-one service. I like templates and then customizing them slightly as necessary because it lets it feel like, oh, this is a personal email, but I'm able to leverage that same email time and time again. And to a prospect who receives that email, 
it still delivers value to them. Me saying like, hey, you know what? I'm not able to help you. I, uh, I'm not doing SEO projects right now. Here are three SEO practitioners who would be a good fit for you. I might send that email 20 times in a year, but every person who receives it still gets value from it. And it still feels like a human connection. It's not a robotic but no reply at kydavis.com. Sorry, I can't help you. It's, hey, thanks for emailing. I'm not going to be the right fit for this project. Here's some people who might be a better fit. Well, and what I love about that is that the only times when it's it's very generic is early in the process when you don't have enough information. So in other words, you, all you have is their name and email. Uh, so it's an autoresponder uh, asking for more information, right? I, so those are the ones that are very uh, uniform. But as you go deeper into the funnel, if you will, then there's more customization. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that so much of it is already there. It's so much easier to start with an email template that you know, 80% of it is going to be kind of the same and only have mm-hmm. to do 20% uh, from kind of a just that, that mental energy required, right? And that decision fatigue uh, than then it is to start from scratch every time, which is exhausting. Entirely. Entirely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's made it so much easier for me to know I have that template sitting there. And like occasionally I might write the custom, write an email from scratch because I'm feeling like it. And when I do, I'm like, oh, can I save this as a template? Are there sections of this that could be applicable in the future? And what I often find is if I get an email one or two times and I write a response to it and the response is similar, I'm like, hey, I should save this because chances are somebody might write in in the future with a similar question. And instead of digging back into the sent mail and spending five minutes trying to find that previous email, I'd much rather just have that library, a swipe file I've created of emails that I could that I could just drop in as a response and that will continue to provide value. It, like you said, lessens the cognitive load. Yes, perfect. Yeah, much more elegant way of saying that. Lessens the cognitive load. I love that. Uh, okay, so uh, are, are you automating anything else from this point on in the intake process? Absolutely. So there's two other key points that I, that I, uh, I guess, automate or optimize. So once somebody schedules a call with me, I, I have, and uh, I'll share this link with you to share with the listeners, I have a series of seven prospecting questions that I ask every single client. For this initial call, I'm not focused on pitching myself or pitching my services. I'm entirely focused on, okay, we're, we're going to talk for 30 to 40 minutes. I want to learn more about your business. I want to learn how you make money. I want to learn what your greatest challenge is right now. I want to know why you called me instead of somebody else. I want to know what a home run would look like on this project. And I want to know what's at risk if like we don't work together or we work together and this project is a failure. So I actually in Evernote just have a, a file labeled prospecting script. And every time I have a prospecting call set up, I copy that and paste it and rename it to like prospect name dash prospecting call and then the time. And then as I go through that call, I'm just asking those seven questions. And I probably had something like 60 to 80 prospecting calls in the last year. And every single one I've asked the same set of questions. But because I'm asking them questions, it feels valuable to the person I'm talking to. It doesn't matter if every single call starts off with me saying like, well, tell me about your business. How do you make money? To them, to the prospect, it's an opportunity to tell me about their business. And people love talking about their businesses. People love talking about like, oh, we started you know, back then and we make money this way and we sell these types of products. And it's teaching me about their business because I'm asking these questions and suddenly I'm able to learn like, okay, so how does their business really work? What sort of understanding do they have of their business? Does this seem like the type of business I am able to help? 
And uh, uh, so I've systematized that part of the process as well. Just by having a script, a template that I always draw off of for those prospecting calls, it makes it easier for me to decide if somebody is a good match for me as a client because I'm always asking the same questions. I know I won't forget about a specific question. And it also makes sure that I'm focused on asking them questions about their business instead of just talking about me and my business. Love it. Love it. Makes perfect sense. I'm a big advocate of that as well. So, all right. So you have your questions. That's your guide. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what's the second thing you mentioned? Sure. So I go through the questions. That's that's the roadmap. At the end of that, I'll tell somebody, okay, uh, either it sounds like we're a fit and I'm able to help you or, eh, you know, it doesn't quite sound like we're a fit. I don't think I'm going to be able to help you. If we are a fit, I send them over just an onboarding packet, a welcome packet to talk about the service that I think makes the most sense for them. If uh, So I have a range of different services I sell. Some are smaller one-off engagements like a marketing growth workshop. Some are larger multi-month engagements where I'm managing the digital public relations for the client. For the larger engagements, I'll send over a welcome packet that says like, let me tell you a bit about how we work together. This is how my business works. This is the history of my business. This is what the first three months of our work together will look like. And so I found having a packet like that lets me answer any questions they have about the service before they even ask them. So if I say, hey, it sounds like we're going to be able to work together, uh, the next step is for us to set up a second call to discuss what that would look like. In the meantime, here's a welcome packet that will just teach you a little more about what the service includes, what it explicitly does not include, what working with me looks like, and what, you know, week to week, month to month, our project will look like together. It, it, does a lot of that heavy lifting again, where the client, A, feels like they're working with a professional. I'm not Joe Freelancer. I'm okay. I've done this enough to put together a welcome packet that I hand to you that teaches you about what it's like to work with me. And they're able to read through that and come back and say, like, okay, I have specific questions about point three that you address on this page here. Or they're able to say, sounds like a great match. Let's move forward and work together. So that's the last area that I really automate, having that welcome packet to send over to a client so they're able to understand what my service looks like at a deeper level before we proceed forward to working together on an engagement. And one thing I'd want to call out is at each of these different steps, it they also serve as roadblocks to weed out poor fits or bad fits that are client or clients that are bad fits. So if somebody shows up and they're like an application form, I don't want to do this. Well, and I'm defining the road to work with me. And if a prospect shows up and says, oh, this, this won't work with me, chances are that's a sign that we just might not work together as client consultants in general. Similarly, if I send over those initial questions, hey, tell me more about your business. Here's, you know, four questions I have. And somebody responds back, and occasionally this happens with one word or one sentence answers. I'm like, well, you're not investing a lot in telling me about your problem. How can I expect to solve this? it's another roadblock or speed bump. So it's slowly shunting the bad fits away and uh, protecting the core of my business. So when I think about automating my business and protecting my time, it's also putting these little speed bumps in place so people who aren't a good fit or prospects who would consume more of my time or not end up being the best client match for me, they're naturally discouraged from proceeding forward because they show up and they're like, well, why would I need to apply for this service? I just wanna hire a pair of hands well, if you're just looking to hire a pair of hands, we're not going to be the best fit. So please exit from the process, self-select out of the process. I couldn't agree more, man. I do the same thing with my coaching programs. There's an application and the first thing it does is a lot of people don't even bother with it. 
So mm-hmm. automatic, and I don't see how many, of course, end up not filling it. Actually, I do have a way, but uh, there, there's actually several steps to the application process, and I can tell how many people went to step one, which is barely any information, but didn't fill out <laughs> step two, which is answering several questions. Uh, and it's shocking, the percentage of people who just don't want to take that next step. And mm-hmm. second, I'm with you. If, if you're only giving me two, three-word answers, um, that right away is a huge red flag. And that's good. I mean, I, you know what? I'm glad to see those because it tells me very quickly this is not a fit. Entirely. I'd rather and, know now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it protects our time. It lets us say like, oh, okay, great. Uh, instead of getting on a call and discovering, oh, I've invested an hour of my time with this person. We're not a good fit. We're able to say like, oh, okay, they, they obviously are not investing time in responding to these initial questions. Let's just end it here. And suddenly you've recovered that hour or three or 10 hours that you would have invested otherwise. So I love having these little speed blo- speed bumps, roadblocks. I'm not sure quite what to refer to them as, but these little opportunities for people who aren't the best fit to self-select out or give off a signal that, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be the ideal client for you, and I'm able to protect my time now. So let me ask you about the just one clarification point with the mm-hmm. uh, the welcome packet. So you've determined the conversation that the person is a good fit. Do you tell them, okay, well, listen, I'm going to send you this welcome packet, or do you walk them through some of that before you hang up? I typically send them the welcome packet and say, hey, this is going to outline. So so I I typically send them the welcome packet and say, this is going to outline how I work as a consultant, the service that I think makes the most sense based on the problems you described to me. Uh, Let's schedule another call right now. In the meantime, read through this welcome packet. And on our next call, we'll focus on answering questions you have about the service and making sure that it's a good fit and addresses everything, every need you have. Uh, my pro- my services, like I said, are productized where it's it's like a can of soup. You walk into the supermarket, you buy it, you know what's what you're getting. You're getting a can of tomato soup. But there is some degree of customization there. So if a client reads through the welcome packet and it says, like, this is 90% of what I need, but I also need, like, this tiny adjustment to it. Can we, like, swap out this part and add this part in? Sending that welcome packet over gives them an opportunity to learn what's included and say, oh, okay, I need something like this but a tiny bit different can we make that change, Kai? And on that follow-up phone call, we're able to dive into, okay, what specifically do you need? Is this is what I'm uh, outlining in the welcome packet and the sales page on my site, is that meeting your needs well enough or do we need to make some adjustments to make it even better for your business? Gotcha, gotcha. But just to clarify though, you, you're you closing the conversation, that qualification conversation, and then you just let them know, listen, I'm going to send you a welcome packet Take a look at it, and and then we can we can discuss further, right? So you're kind of introducing it, but then you're letting the welcome packet kind of do the job of giving them that information and uh, encouraging the next step. One hundred percent. Gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. All right, so let's talk. And I know you've already mentioned some of them, but let's talk about some of the tools that enable you uh, to make this work and make make it work well. Maybe you can start from kind of the early stage of the process and kind of work your way down. Totally. So if we start at the top of the funnel, we have the application form. And uh, I personally use Gravity Forms for that on WordPress, but there's a number of different tools you could use. Uh, Wufu, uh, now owned by SurveyMonkey, I think, and Typeform are wonderful similar services to, you know, stick a form up on your website and have people fill it out that I've used, friends have used. So 
Any of those will work perfectly for creating a small application form. And they all support sending a notification email to the person who filled out the form. So you could have that like, hey, great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for you know, indicating your interest. Insert name here. Uh, I'd love to learn more about your business. Fill out these questions, please. And feel free to answer as much as you'd like or leave as much as you like. So that handle that application form handles people both coming in the door and becoming a prospect and uh, receiving that notification email from there once they respond back to me i use a contact management system called streak uh, streak.com streak crm and that lives in gmail and uh, uh, that lets me both add people to pipelines. So I have a pipeline called Kai's Leads and it tracks people from like, hey, they just contacted me to, hey, they're they're a paying client now. And I use that just to manage that pipeline process and see, well, like, well, do I have a lot of leads right now? Do I have a lot of contracts that are about to close? What does the overall pipeline look like for my business? One step down the line from there, I use Yesware at yesware.com to manage the different templates and all of those different uh, emails I send to prospects. So it's easy enough to just load a template into there, save it, and when somebody emails me and it says like, hey, great, uh, here are my answers to your application questions, if they look like a fit, I could just choose the template that's like, okay, great, let's schedule the time for us to meet. To handle the scheduling, we mentioned the tool earlier, Calendly, uh, calendly.com, but there's also Schedule Once, Time Trade, uh, a number of these different tools that connect with your calendar and let people pick a time in your calendar for the two of you to meet. Mm-hmm. The, the, the final tool I'll mention, less of a tool and more of a script that we'll include, are those prospecting questions, just since it makes it so easy to define those questions you want to ask in an interview, really what's an interview with a prospect ahead of time, and then move through them and take notes. And uh, I use Evernote to handle all of these documents, all of my notes on a prospect or notes on a client. And uh, the answers that a prospect gives during that interview, during that conversation, just live in an Evernote text file where I'm able to reference it two or three months down the line. If they say, hey, we'd love to work together, but uh, we're not ready for three months, I have that file saved forever and could always go back and see, oh, what did they say? Let me refresh myself on the project. What outcomes and objectives were they looking for? And uh, uh, I think that covers the stack from start to finish, from application form through the conversation where we determine if we're a good fit or not. In the the conversation notes in, in Evernote, you keep them in Evernote instead of in the CRM system, mm-hmm. right? I think you have mm-hmm. more flexibility there in terms of how much and what you put in, free form, et cetera. Entirely. Yeah. And that's really just, I refer to it as a stylistic choice. You could store that in a CRM. You could store that, you know, in a a note taking file. You could store that in plain text and Dropbox. I started using Evernote a few years ago and I use it pretty heavily. And so it was easiest for me to say, well, what's the tool that I use most often that I'd want to store this in? Oh, it's Evernote. Okay. I'll just use Evernote for this. But there's a num- just like with the calendar booking tool, I use Calendly, you use Time Trade. There's a number of different tactical, stylistic choices we can make on what tool to use. What's important, I think, is that high-level idea of the system, from the application form to the notification email to having somebody be able to pick the time and book the time in your calendar to defining the templates you send to a prospect to uh, having questions planned out in advance that you want to ask each prospect who comes through the door. Having that system at a high level is the important point. The tactical implementation, what CRM, what calendar booking tool you use, use whatever you like, use whatever fits with your business and you personally prefer, 
what's important is that high level system of having a pathway for people to come in the door to talk with you and having it planned out well what does that flow look like what's that email they receive how do i move them forward to book a time how do i politely decline them and what questions do i ask and how do i store that information in a way i could reference it i think it's you're you're right on people get so caught up in some of these elements and they lose sight of what's important here um i guess before we wrap up um you know, one of the things that I really try to stress people is don't get don't get overwhelmed, right? Because if this feels overwhelming or you start the process and you get overwhelmed and confused, you're going to quit and you're never going to do it. So if you were advising someone who's interested in doing something like this, but um, they need to start small, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how yep. would you advise them to to, to tackle this in terms to, to keep it manageable? I'd say the single most important point or the the most important part you could start with, the the nucleus, is defining those questions you'd want to ask a prospect on a phone call just because that is where I think a lot of people not waste time but can can get distracted pitching themselves instead of really interviewing the client to learn about where the problem is in the client's business or the prospect's business and where they could add the most value just by defining the five to seven questions you need answered to determine if somebody's a good fit, that will save you so much time. Because instead of having to go back and be like, oh, uh, I, I never asked like what outcome they're looking for or why they contacted me, you know that you're always going to be asking people the same questions each time. So I say start there, but then build the system out as necessary. Just looking at how you interact with people, where you're spending a lot of time. Ah, oh, geez, we're spending a lot of time emailing back and forth to find a time to work. Let me try one of these scheduling tools and add that into my system. And piece by piece, you could sort of swap out the human elements the, where you're investing your time for more automated parts or tools that supplement what you're already doing. I could tell you for a fact, when I started doing this, my system didn't spring from the ground completely formed as it is now. <laughs> this is after a year or so of work of saying like, okay, where am I wasting time? Uh, let me find something that will fix this. And I'm constantly iterating and improving and tuning it. I have a colleague who recently just switched it over. So uh, the response to those intake questions, so somebody applies, they get those questions, they respond back. They no longer go to him. They go to his assistant. His assistant reviews those and knows enough about his business to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If it's a thumbs down, sends a polite, hey, you know, they're not available right now, but check out a couple of these other providers. If it's a thumbs up, it gets forwarded along and my friend is able to engage with that prospect. So you could constantly build onto the system, but then the core that I think the important, the most important point to start with is defining those uh, prospecting questions you want to ask on every call. That's where you'll save a lot of time, and that will improve your proposal writing process, how well you understand the client's business, and how you could identify the value you're able to provide. I think that's very sound advice, Kai, very sound advice. So before we close out, uh, tell us where we can connect with you how can we learn more about you what you're up to your resources you have some great resources you provide absolutely so uh the first spot i'd recommend is the site clientintakecheatsheet.com it's a, a website i put together where you could drop in your email and get my list of recommended tools the scripts i use uh everything from soup to nuts the 
the auto reply I sent to prospects when they apply to the prospecting questions I ask on every call to a little checklist you could use just to go through and figure out, okay, where do I start in my business? Let me, you know, add a scheduling tool. Let me add a prospecting questions. And you could use the resources available on clientintakecheatsheet.com just to start setting up this automated system for your business. Outside of that, Oh, oh, sorry. No, no, that's, that's great. I encourage everyone to check that out. That's that's awesome that you make that available. Thank you. Absolutely. I, I try to do whatever I can to help the freelancers and consultants out there. Outside of that, uh, the second best place to get in touch with me would probably be on my Ask Me Anything page. So if you go to doubleyouraudience.com forward slash AMA, there's a little Ask Me Anything uh, question and answer form. You could just Drop a question you have for me in there about freelancing, consulting, marketing, uh, digital outreach, any aspect of running a business. And generally in a day or two, I'll get a response to you. And uh, it just forms a public repository of knowledge that other freelancers and consultants can read and learn from and build off of. So I'd really point people in those two directions, clientintakecheatsheet.com and wyouraudience.com forward slash AMA. Man, I got to tell you, you have the best domains. I, I really need to learn from you. <laughs> this is this is excellent. <laughs> well, Kai, great stuff, man. Uh, great stuff. I appreciate you uh, sharing these uh, these ideas with uh, with our audience, and I encourage everyone to check out Kai's stuff. Uh, he always delivers fantastic content, and uh, I think you'll profit uh, a lot. And it's it's a great way to get this process started because you don't have to start from scratch so check out what he has and kai again thanks for coming on man this is this is wonderful thank you so much for having me on and i just want to take a second and uh thank the audience for taking some time and listening to this episode i i deeply appreciate the time that you contributed ed and the time that the audience contributed to listening well i hope you enjoyed that interview and again i wanted to remind you that you can grab those detailed show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 99. There's a lot of detail and Kai mentioned many different tools and resources in the interview and we've listed all of them in the show notes. So check them out. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Again, I'm your host, Ed Gandia. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being a loyal listener. And I hope you have an awesome day. Take care. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.